Hey, what's going on, everybody? Happy Wednesday. Welcome into Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. I'm your host, Chris Meany. Thanks, as always, for taking the time to hang out here on the Mayo Media Network. If you're just new to this show, please rate, review, subscribe. We are picking up a couple FTN subs over the past couple weeks, and I know it probably has a lot to do with this show. So, so thankful for Pat Mayo for giving me the opportunity to do this show with you guys as well. So, Appreciate you guys hanging out. If you could smash that like button, rate, review, subscribe. If you have a comment there, a season-long comment, it is fantasy hockey playoff time. You have a DFS question, a picks question, absolutely anything. We'll circle back before puck drop and make sure it is taken care of. Only four games on the ice this evening. Going to bring in Matty Bess. You hear him all the time in this show, but him and I are going to run through the four games. His Preds are on the schedule, and my Canadians are looking for a W. So we'll break down those two teams and get some shot props for you and hopefully some winners as well. But it is time for the prize picks play of the day. Follow the link in the description for a 100% first deposit match. It is right there in the YouTube section of this show in the details. So let's get after it, prizepicks.com. If you're just new, again, you can mix and match across all the sports that you love, and everything is going on right now in the sports world. But only four games, but they still have a lot of different options to choose from. And later on in the day, they'll have some shot props and some save props as well. So for me, it's Mark Stone. I don't want to overthink this. On Monday, we talked about Mark Stone, and his fantasy prop was set at three up against the Sharks. It is three again today in the very same matchup. He had two goals, five shots, and two blocks versus the Sharks on Monday. That's 9.5 fantasy points using prize picks, scoring system, three for a goal, two for assist, half a point for a shot, half a point for a block. Stone has four blocks over his last three games. He does it all. This guy is unbelievable. He's still, I think, in my opinion, one of the most underrated players in the league, and a lot of people still talk about him as a very strong two-way player. He enters on a five-game multi-point streak, five goals and 10 points, four power play points over that span. He's got 10 shots in his last three games. I mentioned the four blocks. He's got points in seven of his last eight, seven of his last nine games. And also what I talked about on Monday is his line mates are starting to heat up. Max Pacioretty's got four goals, 11 points in his past seven games. He's got nine points over a five-game point streak as well. So Stone and Pacioretty enter on five-game point streaks, <clears throat> excuse me, in the in the best possible matchups against the Sharks. And the next guy here, I was back and forth between Kevin Fiala and Dala Dala Bill Kirill Kaprizov. I am going to go with Kaprizov. He's 3.5 compared to 3.4 for Fiala. For Kaprizov, he scored a power play goal on four shots Monday against Arizona. He's got goals in back-to-back games, seven shots over that span, points in three of his past four. Minnesota, they've really taken advantage of Arizona this season. They've won six of seven against them. They've won five straight, outscoring them 21-5. to And looking at Kaprizov and what he's done against Arizona this season, four goals, nine points in seven games, and 30 shots. He's not a big volume shooter. Lately, the seven shots in the past two games, but... 4 1 4 8 8 2 and 3. He had a back to back stretch where he had 16 shots in two games against Arizona. Yeah, give me the over on Kaprizov. Check out prizepicks.com for the latest. Let's bring in Matty Best. Uh, Matt, what's going on there, man? Hey, buddy. This is going to be a, a different kind of thing trying to switch this show live and talk <laughs> at the same time and put the graphics up. But uh, I'm excited to talk some hockey with you. It's always a good time. And, uh, man, you said it earlier, the Preds and Blackhawks off the air. What are we going to do with that Nashville Predators team? Oh, man, Uh, rolling. They're absolutely rolling right now. 
Yeah, it's uh, you're, you're going to have your hands full there. Um, you are more than capable. I know you're going to crush it. So thanks for hanging out with me for the next uh, little bit here to break down these four games. Yeah, there's all the matchups that we're going to talk about, Matt, we talked about on Monday. And a lot of them have just been one-sided, right? Chicago, we'll get to that in a second. Chicago, they've won. They've lost all six to Nashville. Mentioned Minnesota and Arizona. Minnesota has won five straight and six of seven. San Jose and Vegas on the schedule again tonight. Vegas has won all six. And then Montreal and Edmonton. Montreal's won four of six. Edmonton coming off the win on Monday, but all six have gone under the number. So uh, I don't know how different I'm going to get with these trends, but let's start with the Preds and the Blackhawks. Plus 103 at home, 24 and 22 against the spread. 21, 20, and 5. The Blackhawks on the season. Nashville minus 120. So road favorites here, 25 and 22 against the spread and overall 25, 21 and one. The total here is 5.5. And I was talking, yeah, we were chatting before we came on here that all five of the six, that last game was the first one to go over the number. I have a lot of confidence in what I'm seeing in UC Saros. I mean, this guy has been unreal. We've been talking about him for, you know, a long time, it feels like been one of the best, if not the best goalie over the last two months of the season. I don't know who's going to start for Chicago. I think it's a problem. Kevin Lankinen hasn't been all that great lately. I wouldn't be surprised if they go to Subban. It's hard for me not to pick Nashville here in this spot, Matt. Yeah, I think here you kind of have to pick Nashville in the spot. Like we were talking about, they're 6-0 and against Chicago all season long. And Nashville hasn't given up more than two goals in one game to the Blackhawks. So even though they did go over the number in the last game, I really like the under here. Uh, Chicago has this severe problem when playing Nashville. And it's called not being able to match up itis. In terms of Nashville will come out flying and will hit everybody in sight, and Chicago just can't match the physical game. Whereas when Nashville tries to do this against a Carolina or a Florida, those teams can adjust on the fly and beat their ass, for lack of a better term. Uh, Nobody on the Preds is a high-volume shooter if we want to talk shot props. Without Forsberg in the lineup, I'm not in love with it. Uh, I also for the under i love the under because nashville's power play has been a complete and utter disaster Having for years in- now i feel like oh yeah it's been it's been like that for a long time now but i mean especially during this rough patch right now last seven games no power play goals 0 for 19 and the problem with this team before was when forsberg was in the lineup and tolvanen was in the lineup you knew tolvanen was going to go to his ovechkin spot and you knew forsberg was going to draw traffic on the other side of the ice and then you had roman yossi at the top end Well, without Tolvanen and without Forsberg, you're relying on Matt Duchesne, Victor Arvidsson, Rocco Grimaldi, Kelly Yarncroke is seeing time out there as well. And these are all guys that, uh, for lack of a better term, shouldn't be on the power play whatsoever. So the under is probably my favorite play here. And like you said about the Chicago goaltending, I truly truly don't think it matters who starts in net for this team. Uh, I I just think that Nashville has him here. I don't want to say puck line because this Nashville team is so Jekyll and Hyde in terms of if Saros isn't on his A game or if he doesn't even start tonight and they let Pex play. um, The team could absolutely blow up. We've seen it early in the season, early and often as well. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you just said there. Um, I do like the under as well. I didn't get this. Didn't get the Patrick Kane shot prop. I mean, the shot attempts are through the roof. It's unbelievable that he had three. I think he had eight shot attempts, six at five and five, just missing that at a couple times. Uh, Debrinkat is someone that I would consider. I know we've talked about him a little bit. You can get him. 
using the free uh, prop shop over at FTN. You can get him at minus 135. I'm seeing the best price for, for three shots. He had the three shots against Nashville on Monday. He's got back-to-back games with three shots. He's been over two and a half now in six of his past eight games. So there's at least a bit of consistency there. He's having a great season. He's got 23 goals in the year. He's got goals in back-to-back games. He's got four goals now over his last seven games as well. So shooting the puck a bit, getting some top power play time, of course. I mean, that's the difference between the two teams. I think special teams, you know, you don't want to be giving too many power plays to Chicago with what they have to offer. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to just back this Blackhawks team right now. And I, I think I undersold Dallas a little bit. Um, I'm looking up today at the standings and they're one point back of Nashville for fourth. I've been getting a lot of heat on this Nashville Predators podcast. I do locked on Predators because I look at this team like I'm not a Predators fan by any stretch of the imagination. I just have a lot of Nashville ties. A lot of my buddies are from Nashville and I love the city. Um, So they're not a big fan of me going out and just saying, I don't think the Predators will make the playoffs. I I still think the Stars take that final spot. Uh, Jason Robertson's rolling. That whole team, Heinz, when he's playing and actually in the lineup, a phenomenal player in itself. And I think Dallas's blue line has been under just sold this year and underappreciated. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, last year they've had to deal with some injuries. Radulov is not going to come back. Hints was out of the lineup. But when he plays, he's like on a 90-point pace or something silly. Uh, what he's doing when he plays is unreal. Uh, and But Robertson is super impressive. This guy is he's crazy. He hit his shot prop again last night. His I was looking at his anytime goal. It was only plus 140. It's like almost a given that he's going to score. How about the Tanner Janot call by you, by the way, on Monday when we chatted? Oh, him? thank you. Uh, yeah, we just I was like, yeah, I picked him up my fan tracks league to get a couple of hits. He only had three hits, but he scored a goal, which is, I mean, icing on the cake because it's not it's, really what I expected from him. But he's got two goals in his last four. I mean, he hardly plays, but uh, I, I think Janot. <laughs> I think Janot has cemented himself on this team as a fourth liner going forward and I wouldn't say middle six I'd say a third liner fourth liner for the Preds Janot in Chicago was lighting it up too had this big long goal streak and I think it was like an eight game goal streak seven or eight games and it finally got the attention of David Poyle and friends and he got to get put up on that fourth line uh Richardson is coming back for the Preds at some point same with Philip Forsberg same with Tolvanen but I do think Janot has earned himself a spot in the lineup I think the players that come out of the lineup Nick Cousins and Yakov Trenin will be the two that come out. Uh, Janot's a fun player. He's a kind of guy that could be everyone's fan favorite. Uh, he's the kind of guy that you want on your team until he makes too much money for his role. But he's the kind of guy that, I mean, a Barry Trotz in New York. I mean, you look at their fourth line with Clutterbuck, Zekas, and Martin. He'd be the kind of guy that fits into that mold perfectly and can provide a bit of scoring upside. Not a lot. I mean, in an 82-game season, you're looking at nine 10 goals if you're lucky which is perfect production from your fourth line guys yeah absolutely uh back to jason robertson for a second is uh, <laughs> in the fantasy playoff guide over at ftnfantasy.com and i was just trying to think of one player to to put as the cover for my from a shout out to three putts uh, george there he's does some graphics for us it's phenomenal it's like i put jason robertson and we like chuckled about jason robertson he's like i thought you put somebody like you know, like a superstar on there, but he was a guy who's hardly owned. I'm just taking, I just did some quick math because he has been 
unreal. And we've hit a couple first time goals with him. I think three in a row over at FTN and anytime goals and shot props. We've been all over. <clears throat> so his last 29 games, Matt, he's got 29 points. That's he's, got unbelievable. 12, he's got 12 goals and 29 points in March. He went five goals and 16 points in 17 games. And here in April, he's got seven goals and 12 games and 13 points. He's a plus 17. He's averaging 18 minutes per game. Uh, compared to, you know, just 11 games to start the season. He still had six points in those 11 games, but he was only playing 11 minutes a night and he had two goals. But yeah, what he is doing is extremely impressive as we segue over to Kaprizov because I think Robertson is in the Calder conversation. He has been slightly better than him over the past five weeks. I think he's second in the Calder conversation right now. I still think Kirill the Thrill is number one, just because, yeah, points, obviously, and I don't think Minnesota has the success without him. Then again, you can say the same thing about Robertson and Dallas. Uh, without Robertson's emergence, they don't really have a lot of scoring going on this year because um, our guy mm-hmm. Radulov has been hurt, and they've had Heinz in and out of the lineup. So I do think Kaprizov right now has the slight edge, but not by much. Just like it's two points between the two of them right now. Uh, but I still think Krill the Thrill has the edge. But if Dallas makes the playoffs, I think Robertson could overtake him. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, man, I'm, I'm looking for some Calder to win Rookie of the Year. He's only hey, we missed out. We really missed out. As much as we we talk about Robert, Robertson on this show, I feel like and I same thing too in fantasy. I only have a couple shares. I feel like I should have way more shares of this guy. He's plus 200 to win rookie of the year. So there's really no value in, the, in, in that at all. Unfortunately, we missed the boat. Uh, but yeah, he has been on a wicked run. I'm just looking at the fl- on the fly here. Prop shot, FTM bets is unbelievable. Just get those odds everywhere. What is Kaprizov? I mean, he's minus 175. Like, so. But he's closing the gap. I really think he is. Uh, we'll see how these last few weeks. And you're right. If Dallas can find a way to get in, and it is because... Robertson is on a point per game pace over the last 45 games of the season would be something. All right. Minnesota and Arizona in here next. The Coyotes plus 123 at home, 21 and 25 against the spread, 20, 21 and 5 overall. This is a total of 5.5. Mini minus 141, 24 and 20. I believe they were minus 148 when we did the show on Monday. And I think my exact words were I'm just going to take them on, you know, better team at home have had their way with Arizona. I think they're a better team than the Coyotes. I think they got stronger defense. They're stronger in goal. I'm going to take them again um, on the road here. They've won six of seven against Arizona. They've outscored them in five straight wins that they've had 21 to five. It's really been no contests, like no competition at all. That's why I'm afraid of the under. When I said on Monday, I'm a little afraid of the under because we could get those couple goals from from Minnesota and heck if Arizona gets the three then it's definitely going over the number what do you think Uh, this one I don't want to touch the over under it's gone to the over four out of seven times which to me is not anything I really want to gamble money on so it's it's a basically a coin flip like you said Minnesota six and one against them this year I think the one thing that I'm looking at is Minnesota's power play so I'm in on them on DFS uh, for DFS uh, purposes seven out of 15 for their last 15 chances 47 percent success rate and uh, our guy Kirill the thrill seven games against Arizona has only missed this two and a half shot prop twice 
And out of those games, too, he had two eight-shot games. You're the king of the shop prop shot. What is his best price right now if there's anything that's out? Um, uh, Plus 100. Yeah, I I think that's where you have to go. Plus 100 for Kaprizov is kind of ridiculous, to be honest with you, especially against Arizona where their defense isn't that great defensively. Because I, I like guys like Chikrin, 10 points over his last 10 games. I'm fine with that. I'll bet on him to get a point, sure. I don't like a shot prop, to be completely honest, but I do like his point prop there. Uh, but Kaprizov, I, I, that's my favorite play from this game, is just the straight-up shot prop. Yeah, absolutely. I was I was shocked when I was looking into him, just because I, I knew that Minnesota had their way with Arizona all year. And Kaprizov, and this is why he's plus 100, because he typically doesn't shoot all that much. When I watch him play, he's a bit of a pass first guy. I'd like to see him shoot more, but he goes through these moments. I think you and I were talking about him on this show where there was a, a two week stretch where we were really hammering him. I think it was right around the same time we were in on Zuccarello and we were hammering both of those guys. And then Kaprizov just cooled off a little bit, but you had the numbers. I mean, 30 shots in seven games. It's That's crazy. The back to back with eight shots. Yeah. You can get them here at DraftKings. Plus 100, you can get him at William Hill, plus 100. I am totally in on that. I'm just trying to find um, some player props here, some points. I've been picking on Arizona quite a bit. We'll see where Dvorak is. Uh, Dvorak's not bad, minus 143, zero points. Uh, Kessel, 139, I don't really like to get involved there. I just don't see Arizona's offense just exploding in this spot. I, I really don't see it, so... I know we've been talking about some zero point stuff and having some fun with that. I would go as high as that. I think minus 143 is okay. Uh, 143, I'm going to write it down here. Dvorak, zero points. Another guy is just a pass first guy. If he falls into a point, like it is what it is, whatever. Um, Minnesota for me, for sure. Okay, next game. San Jose and Vegas. Uh, Golden Knights heavy favorites here. Minus 250, 21-24 against the spread. The total is six. The Sharks plus 210, 26 and 19 against the spread 18 22 and five on the season uh right now taking a look at the standings colorado's been off for a couple days but vegas enters with wins in seven straight games the sharks have lost six straight games vegas has won all six games in this matchup but matt five of the six have been decided by one goal uh, and it was a shootout victory for vegas on monday probably just have Vegas on the puck line <laughs> knowing those numbers I probably just like with four games I may just include them in the pile and a couple parlays or something on a puck line like I'm, not I'm behind San Jose I'm afraid of the puck line on this one just because they've only covered it twice out of the whole season series I and I, I just like I know deep down and we all know that Vegas is the better team between the two for sure like there's no questions about that but San Jose plays them so damn close for they some do. reason. They get up I for those games. Yeah. I can't figure it out. Like, I understood the last game because it's Marlowe's day. And that one, to me, I, we should have clued in and just figured out, yeah, they're obviously going to play up. Uh, but I just I can't go to the puck line here. I think I'll go money line on a lot of things. But I, I can't I can't do it. I, I also like the team total for Vegas, by the way, over three and a half. Uh, during the seven-game win streak they're on, they've covered plus three and a half five times. So I'm in on that. Their offense is clicking, but San Jose, just as an opponent for this team, seems to be their kryptonite most nights in terms of not being able to dominate. Yeah, so over three, over three and a half goals is uh, minus 122. It's not bad. It's not bad. I feel like it's a decent price if you don't want to pay the juice for the money line. 
I feel like that's a decent alternative to go to because Vegas has no problem scoring goals. It's just they have a problem right. with keeping San Jose at bay. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, I was thinking about that last night about how how when I was taking a look at the schedule and how tightly they do play him, but they still have some guys on that team that, I mean, they're not far removed from that playoff series. It was a very entertaining series. I think it was Vegas' first year when they went to the finals, and I believe it was seven games. I know Couture was strong in that series, but Couture and then Carlson and Burns and then Kane, like there's a bit of bad blood between those two teams. So I think, you know, maybe you're onto something about the the Sharks keeping this close. Would you would you consider San Jose at all on the puck line? No, I can't touch San Jose. Uh, like, <laughs> it's one of those plays where I don't even think it would be cute picking SJ Sharky here. I think it'd be one of those plays where it's just being unnecessarily ballsy to do it. There's yeah. no like, there's no story that I want to attach myself to. The Marlowe play just on the puck line and the money line for San Jose last game, I could have got behind. I probably could have been convinced into it. But for here, I think it's you take the Vegas team total and you take Vegas money line and then you go on with your merry way. Shot props I'm not a big fan of in this game. I'm off of March so. I can't yeah. I can't bring myself to do it. Patches has only gone over three and a half twice in his last ten games. Uh but Alex Tuck, if you can find Alex yeah, Tuck somewhere. Yeah, you, you you have one for me. All right, hit me. Is it tough? You got it. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. I, I yeah. love the tuck play. Four point two shots over his last five games. Guy's just lighting it up. I was trying to find a cute play last night, looking around at like the William Carlsons of the world and things like that. And then I saw tuck, and I was like, "What the hell? We're we're just gonna take this guy and walk away." Yeah, and you know, I was I was thinking that he would get on that second line, but they kept him on the third line, even with Riley Smith uh, out there. Um. Yeah, so Tuck, he's got uh, 14 shots in his last three games. You mentioned the average, but he's got at least four in four of his past five. He's played north of 18 minutes now in two straight games and three of his past five. So he is shooting. He's got three goals over his last five games as well, 16 on the season. Yeah, William Hill has him at plus 120 for two and a half shots. Uh, Him and Kaprizov together on a parlay would be just money. I love it. And I don't think you need to add much more to it to get cute. I don't think you need to throw in, like, minus players for fun here. Like, I know in the next game we'll talk about your guy Tyler Toffoli, but I think you could leave him out of this parlay. Yeah, I mean, two guys at plus money, right? I mean, why not? I like the two parlay shot props. Like, I I definitely, most nights, I probably won't tonight with only four games. Most nights I'll have three or four on one, at least one, just, you know, a long shot ticket and some, some money on it, but... I think you can get behind both of these guys, Kaprizov and just Tuck. Oh, yeah. I was looking I, at points, too. Go ahead. As I try to I, find I do what uh, Cody Saftik does on the Dogger Pass podcast, and I kind of do the PRP with shot props. I'll slap them all together, then I'll tear it off, and let's say there's six shot props that night. I'll do a six-way parlay. I'll do a four-way. I'll do a three-way, a two-way, and then just play them all as singles as well. And following the show, following your picks, it's just been profitable. <laughs> It, there's, yeah. I don't think you need to go just completely crazy and go with just a six-man parlay every single night. I mean, it's nice when you hit those lottery tickets, but I just don't think that's the strategy with shop props. We were talking about that yesterday at FTN, too. Like, a lot of them I've been given, some I've been given are, are kind of juice, like around minus 150, and it's it's tough to obviously be confident in that as singles. Like, you're going to have to include those in at least two, three, I'd say three player prop parlays but with 
guys like this, like Tuck and Kaprizov at plus money, I mean, I think like, to your point, I think it's great just to put both of those guys into a parlay and just let it ride and be fine with that. I don't know if Stone has another game, like five straight games with multi points is crazy, but he is plus 170 for two points. Max Pacioretty is plus 285. I like that one a little bit more. Uh, he's been distributing lately. It's been Stone finding the back of the net, but Pacioretty is heating up as well. I considered the under on Pacioretty's shot prop. I was considering it, Matt, it, but I don't I, think I it feels do it. dirty doing that because you know he's the kind of guy that can go. Yeah, oh, you bet against me. Here's seven. Like yeah. he's it's minus one eighteen both ways. I just I don't want it. I don't like the under because I don't like sweating it out during a game, and the over I just I don't want it. I, I'm gonna yeah. stay away. Tuck, I think Marcus- is our play here. Yeah, and Marshall is a complete fade. He's minus 162. I wouldn't go under because he's the same sort of deal, right? He a couple shots right away on the power play, a rebound, anything like that, and then it's over and you're screwed. But I think he's definitely a fade. We'll go to Tuck. All right, final game here. Montreal and Edmonton, the Oilers minus 127, 23, and 21 against the spread. 27, 15, and 2. The Habs plus, one, plus 110 on the road, 19, 24 against the spread, 19, 15, and 9. The total here is 5.5. I bet it last night at six. I would still try to find six, like wherever I could. I always feel a little bit more comfortable with sixes. I know um, you're going to have to pay a little bit more for it, but there's something about that empty net, especially if you're going to include them in parlays. The other night we had a four, we had a four game parlay that hit. It was Montreal Edmonton under, I think it was Florida, Minnesota, Vegas. Actually, it was a five-game parlay. And then the fifth one was Calgary and Ottawa at six. And then it was a late goal. So that one got pushed. So instead of it being, I think, 10 to 1, it was around 5 to 1. But it would have really pissed me off having the under five and a half and then not getting that ticket at all. So I tend to kind of lean with sixes here. I'm just looking around FTN. So you can get at uh, points bet, you can get minus 120, the under six. William Hill, same thing, minus 120 under. Bet MGM is plus 100 for the under five and a half. I just, I'm, yeah, I just, that's my, that's, that's, that's my thinking always. Like, I'm just going to that six. I don't care. The minus 120 is not a big deal to me. Yeah. The under has hit six straight times. Uh, yeah. All six games, actually, between these two teams. Montreal's won four of six. The Oilers won on Monday. So everything that I thought would happen on Monday, it happened for the most part. The Canadians locked down McDavid and Drysaddle until there's about a handful of minutes in the game, and then McDavid just completely took over. I don't think it's going to change for Montreal. I'm kind of leaning with them on the money line as a, in a bounce-back spot. I think they played the Oilers really well, almost perfectly all year, but they just got away from it, um, which can happen with McDavid. And that's why it's so nervous to bet against him at any point and also to bet unders in Oilers games. But Mike Smith has been awesome. The Canadians are struggling to score goals. As you said, with Chicago and Nashville is one of your favorite plays. Again, one of my favorite plays on the board today is under Montreal and Edmonton. Yeah, I'll be uh, parlaying this under with that Nashville under. Uh, you said it. They've combined for only six goals just once during their whole season matchup. Uh, Darnell Nurse, if we're looking shot props, over two and a half, is hitting six straight games and nine times out of the last ten. I think there is a major bet condition here for me, though. If Koskinen does play, I'm going to hammer the absolute hell out of Montreal. And we were talking about this off-air that just McDavid was sookie. 
And for those who don't know what that means is, because that's a super East Coast term for the two of us, um, he's just being a big baby when he has to know all over him. And I don't think I've seen such good defense from a player on a superstar like Deneau has had on the Canadians. And that pained me to say because I am a Leafs fan. I enjoy the Leafs, but I think it's very just commendable what Deneau has done to shut down McDavid for a majority of this season matchup. Uh, I do like your call, though, on a Montreal bounce back, plus 118 here. But this is definitely a condition on Jake Allen has to start, right? Like, the, it has to be Jake Allen. He's already Allen confirmed. He's confirmed? Okay, then I just... I think I'll be in on this plus 118. I think it could, the line could actually move, not a lot, but it could get closer to a pick'em. The under is my favorite play, though. Like that's that's the one that I'll be hammering mostly. Darnell Nurse shot prop over would be my second, and my third one I'd go Habs money line in that order. Yeah, um, yeah. Price got the concussion. He, the dude can't catch a break. Um, Chase on ran into him on the power play or something stupid, and he's out. Um, but Allen's been good, right? Allen's been strong all year. He he enters with a nine one four save percentage, a two five two goals against average. You look at the record; he's seven eight and four, but he doesn't get the run support. He doesn't, and then that could be a problem again tonight. But yeah, Dry said it was held off. So I mean, just to recap, if you didn't see Monday's show, so six games that they've played each other. You mentioned the goals. Uh, that one that was six was the first week and a half of the season, and it was six and a half. So all of them have gone under the number. Dry has just two assists, zero goals in the six games. And then McDavid, he had the three-point night. He had the goal and uh, two assists. So he's now got five points total in the six games with just one goal. Um, like, again, he can take over at any moment, and he did that in that game. But you're right. He was um, he was a little sucky. And I've never seen him like that before. Actually, this is the second time I've seen him like that before. And the first time was a couple weeks ago against the Canadians when he took a puck in the face early he put the elbow on Kakinami and he got the 5K fine. And then this time out, he took a shot. I don't know if, if you saw it against Deneau. It was really nothing. And I like to see actually McDavid engaged like that and not backing down. I, I'm all for it. But he's definitely taken off his game slightly when he has to play against Deneau, who is just shadowing him like a peewee hockey player. We talked about this. It's... But they were going to the bench. And I, I, I filmed, I recorded on my phone and I sent it to EY because we were chatting obviously about it on Monday and he talked about Deneau and McKinnon. He brought up that story. And so he was, they were both going to the benches and McDavid clearly went out of his way to just smoke Deneau. <laughs> he flattened him. And then the next shift, Deneau tried to hit him and he got him late and McDavid got out of the way and it was an interference. So there's definitely something going on between those two players. Deneau lives up to that challenge and he say what you want about his offense, about him being a number one center and he shouldn't be a number one center. He shouldn't be paid six plus million, all that stuff. I agree with all of it, but he's very valuable to this Canadians team for that reason alone. And for him alone and the goaltending for Allen. And I think Matt, they go to Mike Smith, but I'm with you if they go to Koskinen because Mike Smith has 16, four and two, the nine, two, three goals or save percentage and a two, three, zero goals against average. He has been great. Man, what say what you want about Deneau? He's been good, man. I, I like Deneau. Deneau's the kind of guy that every team wants on their roster when it comes to playoff time. Because he'll it, yeah. get the matchups. He'll go into the dirty areas. Before we get off the Habs, I, I have one question for you, because I'm very yeah. curious to see what happens. 
what happens in this expansion draft with Carey Price and Jake <laughs> Allen? I, I like, I've been looking at know. the expansion draft calculator so much and trying to mock everything up, doing a lot with the Preds here, seeing what they're going to do because David Poyle guaranteed that Matthias Eckholm is going to stay with the team. Uh, but Price has that no movement clause, but Jake Allen's been the better goalie, but Price has that massive cap hit. If you're the GM of this team, what do you do this offseason? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I've been thinking about this for two years, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's some, some other things like narrative stuff that I kind of buy into with Price. If, like, if he wants to leave and go to Seattle – you're right. He'd have to move that no trade. Uh, his wife is from the area. He's from BC. He's a West Coast guy. If he can just get away from the nonsense that has been Montreal and the circus and the media, especially if they don't make the playoffs, which I don't think that they're a lock or if they're an early round exit or these injuries continue to occur, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, and there's also the side of Ron Francis, who's going to be picking the team for Seattle and his time in Carolina. There were some strong reports that he tried to get Carey Price in Carolina a couple of years ago, and Montreal wasn't budging. Now, a lot has changed since that span. Um, you know, since that time, you mentioned the contract, the injuries. So, but at the same time, man, if you're Seattle and, you know, you're looking at either of these goalies. I think either of them would be strong. Like Jake Allen would be good. He's under contract. They made the trade for him and they extended him for the next couple of years. So Allen would be a good get for Seattle. I think if you're Montreal, you say, listen, <laughs> do you want price? We can make price available. And it could be something like flurry where there was that under the table agreement that, and I don't know if you've heard this or people listening and watching knew that, but there was an agreement between Vegas and Pittsburgh that Fleury was just going to go there, knowing that Pittsburgh was even going to go on this run, that that was just going to happen. I don't know if that's the case right now with Seattle-Montreal, but I would keep – I think I would keep Allen. Uh, and it pains me to say I love Price. I think he's still got it. He hasn't been healthy. He's played a lot of hockey over the past couple of years. This is the first year that he's had a capable backup in terms of percentages of games played. This is the fewest he's played in six years. So he's played a lot of hockey, but if you can get away from that contract, Allen has already proved that he can be uh, a capable starting goaltender in the league. And if you're Seattle too, at the same time, you can afford to take some high contracts. It's not going to hinder you altogether. You're going to get some great pieces around the league. You're going to be getting picks to not take solid players and to take other pieces. Like I think it's going to play out very similar to how it played with Vegas. So it, it's interesting to see if Ron France is still a, interested in price do they want a big name guy like that sell some jerseys i think price would move his no trade clause like i said he's got some family out that way he's a west coast boy but at the same time i don't see it happening right like i can say all that all i want it's cute Whatever. yeah i, I feel don't like see it happening i feel like seattle gets one of these guys out of the two and allen would be a great goalie for them. yeah i just think if they're going to take price that cap hit has to come with a semi-decent prospect because, yeah, it is Carey Price at the end of the day. I totally understand that, but he's 33 years old and signed until 2026 at $10.5 million. And you can bank on a guy's past pedigree so much, but you also have to look at it and go, holy shit, $10.5 million. That is just an absurd amount of money. Uh, that hurt me to watch you 
talk about losing <laughs> Carey Price <laughs> because that That's to kind me, of all over the place. Yeah, there, that too, that, that to me would be like it, it reminds me of Matt Sundin. It's just like yeah, he's probably going, and I'm kind of sad about it. And he's been so good to this franchise, and there yeah. have been so many playoff runs because of this guy. That yeah, the pain in your voice and the flip flop thing. I wouldn't want to be a Habs fan right now. I mean, I don't want to be a Leafs fan with the goaltending that they have there, but. I don't want to have that goaltending situation this offseason. Crazy the Canucks, right? Um, on on Sunday, they were the biggest home dogs in 15 years. 15 years. We talked about the Leafs that we and had you had never seen a road team like that, that juiced up minus 400 or something silly. And then they were plus 250 last night and they won again. I've been joking in a chat group with some buddies. I think that they're just going to go on a run. And it's. I- I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're eight back of the Habs with four games in hand. Obviously, you got to win those games. And at the same time, you're playing a lot of games down the stretch that may catch up to you. But now they got four in a row against Ottawa. You know, say what you want. Ottawa's a good team. We've been talking about them. We had them on Monday. But they have an opportunity here to kind of get together as a team, over like face the adversity that they've had to deal with. I think they may go on a bit of a run. Yeah, I, I think this team has the chance that not a lot of people were willing to give them. I mean, beating the big bad Leafs twice in a row. Also, anyone who had the Leafs in a bounce back game, I tried to tell everyone to stay the hell away from them in game two there. Don't mm. do not do that. I, big save Dave, some of the oh softest goals goodness. I've ever seen. Th- that was uh, not good. And people who don't like Freddie Anderson, I bet you're praying for him to come back right now. But the Canucks, I like percentage-wise of them make going on a run and sneaking in. I wouldn't say fifty percent. I'd say about thirty-five to forty percent. Like you said, chance. they have four games against Ottawa, and there's there's a decent chance uh, I might actually bet on them to make the playoffs right now uh, if the <laughs> line is there. That uh, we're talking myself into it here. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't mind it, but that means Habs are out if they do that. And is that For something sure. you're like willing to back here? Uh, kind of the, the one thing, like, I think the Habs still get in the one thing I was look, I was really taking a look at Calgary and Vancouver's schedule last night. And the, probably the reason the Habs get in is kind of by default, like Calgary and Vancouver are going to have to play each other a bunch too. So those teams are going to lose some points. And if Montreal just finds a way to, I don't know, do what they've done all year, losing a shootout or losing overtime, then they just get in by default. So I, I was looking last night too, Matt. I couldn't find a price on Vancouver to make the playoffs. Uh, there was there was nothing there. I just see division winners, and obviously, I mean, that's not going to happen. But I think that they're going to go on a run to the point where we may want to get involved with them on money lines and stuff like that. Maybe we missed the boat on a couple already to start, but Hopi played really good in those two games. Now, they probably lost last night because of Riddick, the Leafs, but Hopi's, you know, very capable of going on a run himself and he looked awful you know in the first half of this season so i don't think they make the playoffs but if you could find them at nine to one or something like that i think it's worth half a unit or it's worth taking a oh shot. yeah i think anything over like seven to one to make the playoffs is definitely worth a half a unit um yeah 35 percent is what i'll go with here i i don't think they do it it's but tough. it wouldn't surprise the hell out of me they just need they need Braden holtby to play semi-decently they just need average goaltending. That's it. They have the offense. They have the defense. They just have never had consistent goaltending between the two. I mean, Thatcher Demko wasn't that strong to start and then turned it on. Braden Holtby has just been a tire fire all year. Then he has his best game of his career against the Maple Leafs. While the Leafs just need 
goaltending. What's the deal with the Leafs? Is is it more than just goaltending? Is this no. just everything goes through a funk and they're just going through it? I think this is just a bad spell of the Leafs have nasty and not in a good way nasty goaltending. They're giving up only they're like I think it's less than twenty seven shots per game lately, and they just can't buy a save. We laughed about it like five minutes ago. David Riddick can't buy a save. He just can't do it. Um, the team's offense is fine. Looks great. Even Willie Nylander coming back into the lineup after his COVID thing and after missing, well, he didn't miss a game. He missed a practice and then was told, or then he told reporters that he didn't get a text about it. Be an adult and make your practices. Um, I'm not concerned about this team if they can get average goaltending, but who the hell is that going to come from? Hopefully Freddie is healthy for the playoffs because that's your best bet right now. The Jack Campbell Cinderella story was nice. The David Riddick backup story wasn't that nice. Uh, you need Freddie back, and then this team is fine. This is the longest losing streak that they've been on since Mike Babcock was fired. Wow. So that speaks volumes to just how str- how much they're struggling. I'm just I'm just looking at the Habs cap friendly. You got me all rattled here this morning. <laughs> That's what I was on to. I'm just staring at it. I was like, what did they do here? And I was thinking like they would as as because of price too, he has that pedigree, the name, and you know, he's he got the, the thing in the in the back of my head with the how good he was in the bubble. But at the same time, you're right. Because of that contract and the injury history and the age, you would have to give up something too, whether it was a first and I don't know if Bergman's even going to be calling the shots here if the Habs don't make the playoffs it's, or they're early and, you know, bounced early considering all the moves that he's made. You know, I, I don't know if, <laughs> if he's even making that call. So if you bring in somebody else who – and I think if you brought in somebody else to be the GM, that would be the first thing that they take care of maybe. Absolutely. Of I think... Outside of the Habs organization think that Carey Price obviously is very overpaid. And if you can get out of that deal, then why wouldn't you? I think a new GM comes in and they're not jaded. They don't look at the previous history with Carey Price and just go, I'm hired now. I have to make a semi-big move and set this team up. What do we do, number one, is get rid of this contract. And then it just becomes painfully obvious. But the question is, how much are you willing to give up with Price? Because you're already giving up a world-class goalie, who or at least one who had been a world-class goalie. How much more are you willing to give up? A first in 2021? That's not too bad. I'd do that. Uh, a first in 2022, I wouldn't do that. No, no, I don't think so at all. I mean, they have like so many picks, but anyways, Jake Allen would be a good get for them. He makes 2.87 after this year. Like he's making four, three, five this season, but against the cap over the next two years, 2.875. So we should do something like that. Cap friendly allows you to kind of, to go through and pick a team for Seattle. I remember doing it uh, for Vegas. It's fun. Maybe we should do something like that at the, at the very end, three of us. So get EY in here and we'll just kind of, map out what Seattle's team could possibly look like. So what do you got from Monday as we wrap up this show? All right. I get to do this on air with a camera for once. All right. You went five and one on your picks. Uh, You got Florida puck line, mini puck or mini uh, money line, Ottawa money line. You got a push for Ottawa, Calgary, Um, Edmonton money line. You got Edmonton under, you got the only one you missed was Chicago, Nashville. And that was the first time that they went, uh, over the number five and one 126 and 82 for your picks shot props one and four robertson missed kane missed marcheso missed hornquist missed and our guy to foley hit for you brings you to 59 and 35 what do you got for us yeah shot props have been a struggle over the past week we were talking about that over at ftn the sides were starting to get a good feel of certain teams and um 
you know, certain players getting double shifted and just, you know, must wins for certain teams. But for tonight, I I'm going to stay away from Nashville and Chicago picking either of those sides. Like I just feel like Chicago got to win one of these games against this team, but I'm going with the under 5.5. I like Minnesota. I almost want them on the puck line, Minnesota. I'll, I'll just take them straight up on the money line. So under Chicago, Nashville, I'm taking Minnesota. I'm taking Montreal tonight, but under is the play. Like my favorite play on the board tonight is under Montreal and Edmonton under six. So Montreal, Edmonton under six, the Habs, Minnesota, Vegas, and under 5.5 for Chicago, Nashville. Shot props, you know, just the guys we talked about. Tuck Kaprizov, both of those guys plus money, two and a half. I like Toffoli again. He hit, like you mentioned, Toffoli two and a half. And then uh, I, as a fourth, I'll go with the Brinkat. The Brinkat, two and a half, minus 135, William Hill Sportsbook. Jonathan Duran, no points, minus 140. Uh, Dvorak, no points, minus 143. Max Pacioretty, 2.9, plus 285. That's it, man. What's your favorite pick? Uh, I'd go Nashville, Chicago, under. Mini money line, mini puck line I like. Uh, Golden Knights money line, nothing fancy there. I do like your Habs money line call, but like you said, I think the call is the under there. And then for shot props, I've got Tuck, Kaprizov, and then I'm going to get Nurse. I just have three tonight. I'll probably tail your Toffoli and Dabrinkat, but I'll be really upset when Toffoli breaks my heart because he's done that <laughs> a few times over the last couple weeks, and it he hasn't has. been fun. And I have this sour taste with Dabrinkat because he just destroyed me a few times earlier this year. I can't get the timing right with Cat. Cannot do it for the life of me. The same with Barkov. He's just one of those guys that's not on my shit list yet, but he's getting close to being put on it. Oh, man. The, the, speaking of cats, the cats, the Panthers look good. Uh, we talked about Sam Bennett, man. He looks for real good. He might win people fantasy hockey leagues. All right, Matt, a pleasure, man. I love it. Uh, thanks for taking the time. Love the Canucks hat you rock and the jerseys in the background. The Ducks quack, quack, quack. Uh, Cam would like that one as well. Uh, so yeah, good luck out there tonight. I think what Matt said was perfect. You don't have to put too many guys into a shot prop. I think Kaprizov and Tuck is plus money. That's a pretty decent payout and uh, away you go and have some fun with any of the parlays. You got questions, leave a comment there in the YouTube section. Uh, thanks for Matt for running, uh, with me today and making me think about Carey Price in a Seattle Kraken jersey for the entire day. Good luck out there. We'll talk to you on Friday. Cheers.